0: The tea is ready as Anthony Colasano and Emily Cott bring you the latest news around pop culture with this week's episode of Pop Culture Tea. What's going on, everybody? It's Monday, September 27th. We're back, episode three. I'm Anthony Colasano. Emily Cott is with me once again. And Emily, Wednesday is the big trial for our lovely lady, Miss Britney Spears. Hopefully. The conservatorship ends and she could be free of not only, you know, that um, agreement with her dad, but also, you know, take control of her life back once again, because it's been 13 years since she had full control of what she can and can do with her life. So anyway, so in honor of, you know, the the court appearance and hopefully, you know, there's some good news with that, um, you know, we're going to dedicate this show to Brittany talking about, talking about her, her life, her career um how she got started you know the ups and downs and everything leading up to where we are today um and the conservatorship so emily i want to kick it off with you with this question because i know we i briefly texted you about it last night when did you become do you remember when you became a britney spears fan or when when you first heard um a song by her
1: um so i became a britney fan because i well i actually like grew up with her music Like, I grew up with her first album. So it's just, like, I've always been a Britney fan.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know for me, it's, like, I was kind of sucked into it because I know my sister, like, was being into her. Like, I remember she did have the CD uh, of Britney, and then we would kind of listen to it in the car. But, like, I didn't really, like, think anything about it. And then I remember this vividly because that's when I became a Justin and Britney fan. VH1 did a uh, top 100 count of the greatest child stars of the last 20 years, and... She she was – um her her and Justin were both on it. Justin was number 37. Brittany was number 10. And that's kind of when I rediscovered them in a sense because I listened to them when I was younger. But then I kind of just forgot about it. And then ever since that special aired, I've just been hooked on them ever since. So that's when I became a fan of hers. And I would always, like, go up in my room and just, like, watch interviews and just, like, soak up as much knowledge as I can about her. Um, so that was my um, – memory of becoming a fan of Brittany. Britney so you know getting into it you know I you know Britney was born December 2nd 1981 she's the middle child of three uh, the oldest being Brian Spears and the youngest obviously being her um, her little the sister Jamie Lynn Spears who many of you probably know from playing the lead role as Zoe from Zoe 101 and if you don't know she was also played her younger self in the movie Crossroads did you watch did you ever? Did you ever see Crossroads?
1: No, I never saw Crossroads.
0: You did. Okay. Okay. Well, you gotta watch it. It's not. It's. It's okay. It's. It's nothing like great. Like she does an okay acting job with it. Um, but you know, it's nothing like. If you ever watch Glitter by Mariah Carey, that's really bad.
1: Yeah, so, I saw that. That was yeah, a mess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This one is a little bit more better because there's kind of there's a plot and her acting is pretty good and also she has a pretty good supporting cast you know zoe Saldana's in it and terry manning they kind of like are like they're they they co star with her so it makes it easier for her to bounce off when acting oh okay so yeah but you got to check it out but anyway um you know she was born in um mississippi she grew up in louisiana um and she was really like a southern town girl until about the age of eight and then that's when she got into really singing dancing gymnastics and then you know by the early 90s her and her mom would frequent new york uh, go to auditions and really try to get known in the industry. And then by 1992, uh, she appeared and contested on star search, which back in the day was, was, it was American idol before American idol. Um, you know, it was when kids could, it was more directed towards kids, but they would show off their talent and they would sing in front of judges and they'd score them kind of like American idol, except that it was for kids, not adults. And also there wasn't this there wasn't as much of a popularity with it because, you know, obviously Simon Cowell kind of made that show made American Idol what it was. So, you know, but, you know, Brittany appeared, she, you know, sang a song, Love Can Build a Bridge, very powerful song. She had a very mature voice at a very young age. She didn't win, but it would be a blessing in disguise as by 1993, she would be in the Mickey Mouse Club, that iconic.
1: Yep, that, that was iconic very cast. iconic
0: that iconic cast that no, that you would you would only fathom of something ever happening like that again where it was herself Justin Timberlake, Ryan Gosling, Christina Aguilera, Carey Russell and JC Chasez. All six of them were in that cast. And it's remarkable to think that those six people would become global superstars because it's like you didn't you didn't think that and it was a big and you got to remember these guys weren't like the Disney Channel stars today. Right where it's like, oh, Hannah Montana, she's like the lead star, or like Selena Gomez or Demi Lovato, like they're the lead star, so they're also gonna get known. They were all an ensemble, so they all kind of had to share the screen. But to kind of see them all kind of kind of blow up in a sense, it's you know, um, it's kind of remarkable. And they only did two seasons. Yeah. Like. It was very. It was a very. Sh- it was. It was very short lived. It's kind of funny, and people forget that they were Disney stars. Yeah, you know? people.
1: Yeah, people don't realize it because, like, when people say Disney stars, they categorize it as like the Disney stars that we had today, like Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato. That's what people think by Disney stars.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's like, because like they like I said, they had their own leading shows. Those six people didn't. But I think those those people are like way above them just because of the fact that they are they became in my eyes it was it was harder for them to become big in the industry and they did it and they did it with and they did it with ease and grace well from the outside on the inside you really look at it, it was harder than it seemed uh but anyway so um you know obviously this only lasted two seasons like i said um so everyone obviously had to go back home and Everyone lived their normal lives. But obviously, Britney wasn't done. She still wanted to become a performer. She was still frequent New York with her mom. She was trying to, you know, get noticed, um, try to try to sign a record deal of some kind. And then in 1997, she met up with Lou Pearlman. Does that name ring a bell to you, Emily, at all?
1: Yes, it is. It does okay. ring a bell. All
0: right, yeah. The, the, the former manager of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Um, You know at the time at that time he already had created them, but they hadn't blown up in the United States They were still in the UK doing their thing Um, and he was looking to create a girl group called innocence and Brittany was supposed to be the lead on that and I believe I Don't know what happened, but I think they had like a preliminary contract and like they did a couple demos and then it didn't work out so then she backed out got another manager by we now know of today as Larry Rudolph yep and by 1998 he sent a couple of demos to a couple of records um, record companies Jive Records picked it up they thought she was great brought her in she performed in front of the executives spot-on killed it signed a deal and then by 1998 she was working with Max Martin on that on the debut album baby one more time and you know as we get into that, Emily, what do you think that album, Baby One More Time, its impact has, on not only her, but also kind of pop culture legacy? Because it was kind of an iconic album to kind of end that decade, and it's and it's regarded as the one of the biggest '90s songs and albums of all time, and it happened in the last decade.
1: Um, yeah, Baby One More Time, it's definitely one of my favorite pop albums because it's just like like we said with like Justin Timberlake, it was like it's something different. Like a different vibe, and I feel like with "Baby One More Time," it's like pop was like starting to fade away for a little while, and then it made a comeback.
0: Yeah, it kind of made. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're right in a sense that like everything was starting to come back when Backstreet and Instinct had their debut album, but once Britney came out with that, it really put the pop scene back on the map for the next f- three to four years. Yeah, because at that point, it was like it was like the biggest time. For that genre you know and sales because that album went like triple diamond uh being more time went number one for two weeks and you know she became a global superstar by the age of 17 it's you know she was the first kind of in in our eyes she was the first miley cyrus Billie eilish of that group you know so she kind of paved the way because i mean because you know everyone regards as madonna as like the queen of pop and like all right, yeah, but she was like in her 20s when she kind of became big on the scene. Britney was a teenager. Exactly. A she lot, grew, a little yeah, little.
1: she grew up in the spotlight.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure, especially at a young age, and you're influenced by a lot of people. It's just very, it's just hard to comprehend all that power and fame you have at such a young age. So, and we'll get into kind of the demise of that, because, right, there's ups and downs, and currently we're in the up, as from 1991 to 2001, she was on top of the world. That album came out the following year in May, Oops, I Did It Again, came out, you know, another smash hit, had that iconic VMA performance. And then 2001, Britney came out, the third one, and that was kind of the one where she kind of became more adult, more mature. You know, Slave For You came out, was the lead single, was by the Neptunes, more R&B, a little more edgy. The music video was a little bit more uh, promiscuous, in a sense um so you know looking back on that third album emily um what did you did you think that was kind of a a good crossroads between bridging the gap from being like this this innocent teen girl from being like okay i'm just more than a teen pop or like i can be serious because i think that album really balanced the two in my opinion because you did have some of that teen pop stuff you did have some serious songs as well like that one and i'm not a girl not yet a woman
1: i agree like like, people, like, they were Britney fans for, like, they started becoming Britney fans for her original albums where she was, like, like very, like, pop and, like, just, like, teen pop. So when she created, like, like Slave For You and all that, like, that album, it just changed her, like, image, I feel like. Her image mm-hmm. was different.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I know, like, some people, I know for me, if I was alive back then, I think I would have accepted it, but a lot of people didn't, you know? Yeah. They didn't like the fact that she was being more edgy, You know they didn't like how she was being a role how she how she was handling herself as being a role model to her fans well yeah especially the parents
1: like the parents weren't a fan of her because they came from she came from like this popular like hit me baby one more time song and like that first album as well and then she just had an edgy edgy vibe to her so like her whole image changed and parents no longer saw her as a role model
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she always never said I'm not a role model. Like, yeah, she, because,
1: she said that her job wasn't to babysit mm-hmm,
0: the kids. Which is fair because, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's just more added pressure. I think she just wanted to just kind of just do her thing. If you like it, great. If you don't, okay, oh, well. Like, it's not It's not her job. Her job is to perform and create yeah. music and create music that people like. And she and that what she was doing, and she was succeeding at it. If she That's wants – yeah, if she it.
1: wants to change her image, she – She's entitled to do so. Like, she doesn't have to stick to this one image of herself.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she has the freedom to change and do whatever she wants.
1: Yeah, fans just didn't understand that.
0: Nope, nope, they did not. And that's kind of when everything kind of spiraled out of control for her. As by like 2002, everything kind of went south. Um, You know, during those three-year peaks, she did have a serious relationship with Justin Timberlake at the time they were very very close they met on the Mickey Mouse Club they had their first kiss on the Mickey Mouse Club and there was just a lot of this build up and hype around this relationship because they were they were so young when they first met they rekindle years later get together they're this insanely powerful couple at the time you know more i think more powerful than like P Diddy and JLo at the time um, but you know obviously you know you know your first love really it's hard for it to pan out if it does. So, yeah. so basically the rumor was about the breakup was that Britney was hosting SNL for the third time and Justin was um, guest appearing. He guest appeared in the cold open and in her dressing room he found a note from their then choreographer, Wade Robson. And I guess it said something very intimate. I think they might have had something and he found it and that's kind of when everything went south. Um, and then, you know, obviously that's all we kind of really know. And again, this is all speculation no one has come out and really said what happened. Everyone's just trying to kind of fill the gaps. You know, we have some information from Justin where he said that like through songs where he said like, you know, you had your chance to apologize, but you never owned up to it. You know, and basically they could have, she could have salvaged the relationship or they both could have, but obviously it never happened so obviously it ended and that's kind of in my opinion where everything went south for britney the moment that breakup happened she spiraled out of control yes so you know because after that she really became alienated by her parents she became even more of a rebel you know she was doing a lot of a lot of stuff you would kind of do in your 20s you know part like parting a lot of drugs alcohol kind of acting careless cuz you know when you're 21 and have all that money and power it can get you i yeah. think at that point it got to her um you know she took a six she took a she was going to say oh i'm going to take a year break from music at the time after the Britney album after that tour in 2002 but then six months later in the zone came out um that was a really more that was even more adult themed than the third album and it had probably in my opinion her best song, produced and you know, commercial and critical success, and "Toxic." I don't know what your thoughts on that. Do you think that's the best one? Or do you think there's another one out there that can rival that song? Because I think it's a great pop song. It's the only one that won her a Grammy.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Like that's "Toxic." It's one of my favorite songs.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I agree. And it's and it's funny how she only has one Grammy, um, one Grammy, um, award. But then again, like. Her songs, like, I don't want to put a knock on Britney with her songs, but like, they're not that like, like they're poppy and catchy and cool, but like, they're not like, you know, Grammy worthy. As yeah, songs. poppy, to say that. like
1: poppy and catchy, isn't always gonna win you a Grammy. In fact, like, yeah. it doesn't. It's like,
0: yeah, because there's real no like, there's no like other element to it, or there's no like third layer. Of like meaning to it or to some of them you know because she's not really a song like she doesn't really write her own songs you know even though they say oh she's co-written songs you know because you know how artists do that even though she said that she's you know co-written songs she did in fight write one song all by herself and it was the retaliation to justin Timberlake's cry me river and every time yeah that was kind of the that was the song to kind of clap not clap back at him but respond to Kind of what he did you know and you know everyone says oh well you know especially nowadays looking back you like oh well justin used britney to uh you know build up his image and everything like that which I, i i agree with i agree with that he did that he used something to his advantage and i think it was a little bit messed up but then again he did ask britney about like the video and like, can I, can I do this, this, that, and the other? And she said, yes, you know? So it's like, eh. well for the video, she said yes, but everything, the kind of publicity he did after with like the, the radio show. Cause I remember they, they asked him on the radio, literally the moment he went, they went on the air they're like, did you like, did they do it? And then he was like, he said, He said yes and then they started laughing they started like yeah yeah and he's like i'm kidding i'm kidding so that was kind of like that was kind of bad on his part yeah it was and he and and he's kind of owned up to it you know especially after everyone kind of came at him um a couple months ago after the documentary but uh but yeah he um but yeah every time was i think in my opinion the only song that she really wrote genuinely by herself um, with kind of minimal help because it came it came from the heart it came it was from, yeah um, it was
1: her emotions her experiences
0: mm-hmm, exactly and I and, and I and, and I enjoyed that song I feel like when a, when an artist can kind of do that I think like it makes them more vulnerable and it makes them in my opinion a better artist because when you be when you be, when when you can become that vulnerable to your fans um, you know it shows something about you. You know, because that's why Eminem is so popular and so iconic because he's so vulnerable and that he'll share anything with anybody because he just doesn't care. You know, and everyone relates to that. And everyone loves that about him. So, you know, but after this album, things really took a turn for the worse in terms of her her career and her overall life. As by 2004, you know, she uh, literally New Year's Day, she gets married in Vegas. To a childhood friend, they get annulled. A Couple months later, she starts dating Kevin Federline. They get married. They have two kids, and you know, it looked it looked fine and well. But in essence, that marriage happened really, really fast. You know, I don't know yeah. what your thoughts on that in terms of a marriage happening within four or five months. Yeah, that's kind
1: of- that's way too short. I feel like you need to know the person more, get to know the person. Know who they are actually are. Mm-hmm.
0: That's way yeah, too short. Or, yeah, and also, did you know that they had a re- they had a reality show?
1: I did not know they had a reality yeah, show. Yeah,
0: it's re- yeah, it was like really bad. I forget it, it. didn't air on a popular network, but it was like them just like having camcorders and just recording each. other. It was like a home video style. Oh, it was really weird. Yeah, you can look. Yeah, there's some clips on YouTube. It's which mm, it's like interesting. I don't know. I it would again. This is where the were this is really when her career really takes a downturn because that happened. Obviously, she had the two kids, which are which are great. Yeah, you know, but um, but you know, after the fact, she really got really hit hard with the tabloid stuff. That's when the tabloid frenzy kind of happened. Um, by two thousand five, two thousand six, she um was all over it, couldn't escape it, had no Ted privacy, and she was painted as kind of again a bad role model, a bad mother. You know, they caught her a couple times with her child in the front seat on her lap with no seatbelt, you know, there was a time where she almost dropped her. She dropped almost dropped one of her kids. But then again, she was sworn by like 20 paparazzis. Like so like, and there's like, you have no room to kind of walk or anything. So it's like, you can't fault her for that. And then obviously, the whole the massive 2007 breakdown. Yeah, kind of happened. And so and so, I'll ask you this before we go to break. Do you think that, um, you know, Britney kind of was, had a right to kind of break down and not say right, because obviously I I never want to see anyone break down in that capacity, but do you think that it was kind of coming?
1: That Um, kind
0: of whole, that massive breakdown because she was just getting bombarded for years and years and it just kind of became to a, like, it came to a boiling point.
1: I feel, yeah, it definitely did. Like, it all started, like, like you said, in 2002 where her career just, like, went downhill. So, I feel like everything that happened, like, the the paparazzi and just, like, everything that happened to her, I feel like, yeah, it, I think I did see it coming. I would have saw it coming.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously there was that infamous pic of her shaving her head and just looking like yes, a, a monster. And then obviously she went to re- she went um, you know to rehab she got some help she came back she did a VMA performance that wasn't good in 2007 no. it was like that yeah. Give me more she didn't rehearse she kind of just winged it. it was very very bad and that's kind of when people started to take notice like ooh like something's really not right and then obviously in 2008 she had to get more help again and then that's when the conservatorship began was put in place by her father and with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna do pop culture trivia. It's just gonna be kind of generic uh, Britney Spears questions. I went for Emily, Emily has one for me. So when we come back, it'll be pop culture trivia only on pop culture tea. The tea is still hot. Here's more pop culture tea with Anthony Colasano and Emily Cott. All right, everybody, welcome back. Pop culture tea, and obviously, we're in the midway point of the show, so that means it's time for pop culture trivia. I have a question for Emily. Emily has a question for me. Emily, do you want me to kick it off, or do you want to kick it off? You can it's start. Totally to you.
1: Yeah, you start.
0: All right. Okay, so obviously, I, I mentioned a lot during the show that, you know, britney was trying to get her name noticed, trying to get out there. And she got signed to Jive Records. Before she kind of started her own tour, she used to be an opening act. You know, early on in her career, she opened for a pretty big name at the time. What, what band did she open for before she kind of started her own solo acting tours? And if you and if you really think about it, it's kind of easy. And I'll and I'll give you a, a band slash group. InSync. Ding, 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 ding. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. She. Yep. She opened up for In before she went solo, and like I said, because I kind of, I kind of teased it early on in the show. But that's kind of how they, her and Justin, kind of rekindled their relationship. And they were on tour, and they re, they, they met up again, and sparks flew. So, <laughs> so yeah, she, she opened up for In Sync uh, before she kind of solo acted her first tour. Um, so good job. All right. So you're two and one see if I can tie it or go one and two. I hope I go two and one.
1: Uh, so Britney Spears was offered a role in which movie that she rejected?
0: The Notebook. Nope. Oh. Nope.
1: That's not the one that I'm thinking of. Uh,
0: was she, oh, maybe they, uh, a role?
1: It was in 2000.
0: What? Was it a teen movie?
1: I can yeah. I consider it a teen movie. It's,
0: it's have I seen it? I don't know. Do you think I would have seen it? Maybe. Um. Sorry about that. So, 2000? What came out in 2000? I don't know.
1: Okay. You, wanna, you want me to give you the answer? Yeah. Scary movie. Really? Yes.
0: Interesting. She I was think she,
1: she was gonna have a cameo appearance, but because of her touring schedule, it didn't. She didn't have enough time.
0: Ah, okay. Interesting. Scary movie. Yeah, that's kind of a. I mean, a cameo appearance. Eh. I mean, she could have done that honestly. But you know, dang it. I'm one and two. Uh, Alright, fine. Emily's not taking the lead on me. Emily's not two and one. I'm one and two. Hopefully I bounce back. And I gotta come a harder question for her for next week's show. So when we when we return, it's segment two. We're gonna kinda dive into the later half of her career into the 2020s into the 2010s leading up to where we are today in the The tea is still hot. Here's more pop culture tea with Anthony Colasano and Emily Cott. Hi, welcome back to Pop Culture Tea. I'm Anthony Colisano. With me, as always, is Emily Cotts, segment two of our Britney Spears episode. So now it's kind of the later half of her career and kind of life, talking about everything from 2009 up until the present day. And Emily, you know, this is kind of when Britney Spears kind of rejuvenated her career, kind of made the comeback. You know, Circus came out, was a big hit. Um, Womanizer went number one. That was her second number one single. It's kind of shocking how she's she's had all these hits, but only she, at that point in her career, only two went number one, that and Baby One More Time. So, you know, at that point, we were kind of old enough to kind of remember kind of that album and that kind of era. You know, how much of that do you remember? And what was kind of your favorite part of it or kind of your favorite song, you know, from that album?
1: Um... I liked Circus. Circus was one of my favorites.
0: Mm, okay, so that was the second single and the title of the album. Yeah, that one was a good one. I liked that one was good for me and then Out From Under. It's another hidden track uh, within the album. That one was a good one. Um, I enjoyed that. So if anyone has a chance go listen to that. It's one of her more kind of serious songs in a sense. Yeah. Um, has more of a I should say message to it so I definitely go check that out so but yeah you know she kind of started she did this comeback and everything everything was looking up 2009 she released a single called three that went number one so again we're at three number one hits and everything was looking good but you know Emily what I noticed during this time is she was acting kind of different Um kind of when she kind of came back she was a little bit more closed off. She wasn't as very vibrant and bubbly and talkative like she was. Excuse me before and she um and it just and it just and it just not irked me but concerned me. You know, I don't know if you ever picked that up as you, you as you watched kind of the way she kind of handled herself and anything like that. Did you know that something was that there was more happening behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I definitely got that impression as well, because I mean, like, when she came back, like, she already has, like, gone through so much. I feel like now, after, like, the breakdown back in 2007, she felt that she didn't want to, like, share anything else because I feel like she probably thought that it would make her career damaging. So she decided Uh. to just keep herself closed off. That's how I looked at it. it
0: Yeah, I agree. I think she was really, I think herself and, but no, yeah, I agree. I think she was really trying to save her image and really kind of just, you know, do the best she can to not mess up. And I also think, like I said, she's under the conservatorship now with her father. She has a lot of people in her ear now more than ever telling her what to do, what to say, how to spend her money and everything in between. So that's kind of where I was like, okay, maybe this conservatorship is the reason why she's acting like that but nevertheless it was good for her at that time because it got her back into a stable environment um and, you know obviously that album came out two years later female fatale came out and and emily i don't know about you but in my opinion that was kind of the last kind of good album by her you know um because obviously the next two that we'll talk about right after weren't that great um and this kind of album was a little bit more Obviously, again, it was pop, but the sound was a little more like, like EDM, like techno pop. Would you say?
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: You know, it was a little bit more. It was different. You know, she she was she produced a lot of stuff with Dr. Luke and Will I Am, and that's kind of where that album's kind of vision went. And then obviously, the next album, Britney Jean, is really when things started to take a nosedive. I was excited for the album. You know obviously work Bitch was the lead single that was a great song but anything I, I after that was kind of just a it was a flop in my opinion you know that was heavily produced by Will I am and it just didn't it didn't pan out you know and at that point we were old enough you know because I, I was in high I was a freshman in high school and you had how old were you like t- 2013
1: 2014 I was 11
0: you were 11 Okay. yeah so how much of that do you remember?
1: i remember like a good a good like portion of it i like there was i mean alien wasn't that bad
0: yeah alien was okay till it's gone was good that was my yeah that was a good song her. too Mhm. but um the, and then there was one song by her and jamie lynn chilling with you i, I did like, not hear that song i never heard that, that one it's not it's not good it's not good listen to it but it's in my opinion it's really not good i think in her really,
1: in her britney gene album i think like there's only three songs that are good till it's gone alien and work bitch those are the only three good songs yeah, in that exactly. album
0: but uh no yeah no yeah those were the three that really were the good ones and then obviously everything else after that was kind of a like it, everything missed but what came from that album and kind of at the time again her getting back on her feed was she started the residency you know britney piece of me in vegas that was a big deal because anytime you kind of get a residency in vegas you kind of were like you become iconic and she was already iconic but i really put a staple on her legacy you know she did it for four years it was a massive success but then again you know it was very I don't know. She kept. She was like acting different, and obviously now we know from the documentaries that there were times in that in that residency where she was uncomfortable. She was concerned about doing some shows. She didn't want to do shows all the time, you know. And, it, and, and you know, we know now that it was a cash cow for everybody around her but her, because they were all making the money and reaping the rewards, and she was kind of just this just this i don't want to say slave but just kind of this like i said just the cash cow just doing everything for everybody else but nothing for herself
1: That yeah that's basically how it was i don't even think she really wanted to do it wanted to go in vegas like i think she said that she didn't want to but
0: Mm -hmm. yeah she just had to put on i think she just said her eyes just put on a pretty face yeah you know and just kind of hang in there because obviously right because that ran for about four years and then She was going to do another one, Domination, and there was this big hype up in Vegas and everything like that of her arrival and talking to the press. And she literally, she came up, walked down, walked straight into the car and drove off. (laughs) And everyone was like, everyone was like, what just happened? Yeah. And then like a week later, you know, we come to find out that she said, oh, like, my father's sick it's not doing well so i'm gonna take time to kind of deal with that and everyone was like first okay then everyone kind of was like started raising eyebrows but like why but like why stop for that or like why why was that the reason you know there was something else going on behind the scenes yeah
1: there definitely was
0: and now we know with um you know with the free britney moon and everything like that but before we really get into that The last album we forgot to talk about is Glory. That's her last album she's come out with and um, that came out in 2016 and obviously there was um, the lead scene Make Me with G-Eazy. She performed that at the VMAs. Um, She met her now fiance Sam on that music video. Um, What are your thoughts on that album and you know kind of kind of the song choice, the the type of music that was produced. Um you know, what are your what are your thoughts on it?
1: I I don't really think I was like a huge fan of this album. I don't know. I just didn't really like listen to this album. I liked her previous albums better than this one.
0: So kind of everything after like everything after circus, you were kinda of like, eh. Yeah. You know? I mean oh you know what other album we forgot to talk about? Blackout. Oh yeah. With Gimme More and Peace of Me. That was a, that was I like album, that honestly. album. That album really was that album was critically good to a point where she could have got a couple more Grammys from that.
1: I like the song Toy Soldier. That's a good song.
0: Toy Soldier's good, yeah. Mine have to be Gimme More, Peace of Me and Break the ice. That's I like yeah, too. those are good songs. Yeah. I like yeah, that album. That, yeah, that one was very underrated. One that really goes unnoticed and is like and if you listen to it, it really shows it it, it it's probably one of her it's up there as one of her better, better albums. Um you could probably put it up there within the zone and maybe one more time in that category, I would say. But fast forward to today, you know, obviously I mentioned that you know she didn't want to do the domination or she said she wasn't doing the domination residency because of her father. And everyone was like, why? What's going on? Um, because it didn't seem like a valid reason. She was acting kind of weird on Instagram too with some of her posts. And then a couple years later, the framing Britney Spears doc came out through New York Times on Hulu. And it kind of blew everything up and made it known to the public eye what was genuinely going on with this whole consortium and how she was not being treated. Right. Her, her basic rights as a human were being violated. Um, and we did obviously find that out in her testimony in court, um, during the summer. And, you know, Emily, I want to get your thoughts on like, you know, kind of, after kind of seeing that documentary and kind of hearing her testimony, how did that make you feel kind of as a fan and also kind of as a person for someone of that, of that much power and status and you know with all this money having to kind of live in that kind of sort of capacity
1: um so I felt bad for Brittany like because I was young when like everything like went downhill for Brittany so I didn't really understand mm-hmm. so like watching it I was like oh that's what really happened that's why she's in the place that she is now and it's not the best situation to be in it's it's pretty terrible, like, what she had to deal with, what she had to face. And it made it made me, like, look at Britney in, like, a different way.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, especially when your net worth is $60 million and you've done so much more where it's, like, it's kind of confusing yeah. how your net worth is kind of that. Like, don't get me wrong, that's a lot of money. But for her, that's not a lot of money for all that she's done. So it just shows how they were just using her to kind of as just – you know, for her money and for her fame and power. And now we're up to the point where everyone's kind of known about it. Everyone's kind of backing her, the, you know, the public eye. The, you know, the court system is finally starting to take notice and everything. And it's um, and it's starting to work out in her favor. You know, she's got a new lawyer in Matthew Rajanat, um, and he's really fighting for her to kind of get out of this. And even though we have kind of we kind of heard news that, you know, progress is being made, there was a report that came out that Jamie Spears was going to step down. And obviously this is kind of what this Wednesday hearing is about on the 29th um, in terms of how that if if and when will happen. Um, and, you know, we just hope that, you know, she can get out of it because she stated in Emily that if she's not out of it, she's not making music, which I think is fair yeah because um you know it's like why do you want to you know why do you want to do something that other people are reaping the benefits for when you don't want them to
1: yeah i agree like i feel like it's britney's way of just saying hey um if i don't have the opportunity to be my own person then why should i continue my career
0: mm-hmm exactly yeah i totally agree what she's not she's not being her own person
1: no she's not she's being she's just like stuck under her father's control
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and it's not fair to it's not fair to her you know it's her life she built this up obviously she had a good supporting cast around her you know the people that you know you know her you know i feel like larry rudolph got painted a bad picture you know i don't think he was a bad guy I i think he got put in a bad situation um you know, I remember her assistant back in the day, Felicia. Yeah, she was a great person. For yeah, her to she be was. I feel like she really kept her grounded. Um, and it's sad now because you know, after the conservatorship, she is not kind of in the same capacity of her life that she once was.
1: Yeah, she's she's pretty know? much out of the picture by now.
0: Um. Yeah. So it's um. Yeah. It, yeah, and it's it's sad because you saw in the documentary she was kind of just like an usher which I thought was just, like, pretty shitty. I was like, really?
1: Yeah, that, being that wasn't her, right. She was literally her, like another mother figure to Brittany.
0: Exactly. Yeah, she was. And to kind of see that happen, I'm just like, wow, that's really – that's when I kind of really was, like, really scratching my head. I'm like, wow, they're really trying to just, like, not have her contact with anybody that yeah she, like, knows or, like, cares about, really. You know? And obviously, you know, her sister – has kind of been painted this bad picture now. Because at first, you know, people said, um, you know, oh, like, you know, Jamie's just, uh, you know, coming to her defense now for like um, just because the documentary came out and everything like that. She's like, no, I've been at her defense the whole time, you know, even, even before that. And then Brady kind of squandered that in that Instagram post. Just because she yeah. said a lot of stuff on Instagram, that's kind of like yeah,
1: she like her. She's like very controversial right now because it's like, does she love her sister? Does she care about her sister or what? Because she's not even like, I, like she, she commented like three days after her big court hearing.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: does she really care about her sister, or is she just saying it because of the public?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's really like she's kinda of like doing her own thing, Jamie and not really like around her sister that much. And she kinda of said like and she and Brittany brought the fact of that, that radio music award ceremony where she kinda of was there like supporting her sister and being like right the good sister and also like using her songs as covers for her to gain more publicity for herself. And that's kinda of what Britney was um aiming at was like she's kinda of using her likeness to kind of build her popularity. Um which I didn't think that she took too kind of. And the fact that she's only coming to her fence now because she's in the spotlight and it's for her to kind of get known again is why maybe she's upset. Yeah. So that's kind of where I see it. But, you know, Emily, obviously leading up to this Wednesday hearing, you know, what are your hopes in terms of the outcome of, of it?
1: I hope that like the conservatorship it's getting closer to being and en- like ended so that she can live her normal life do whatever she wants and just become become her own person i guess that's like what everybody's hoping for
0: like for mm-hmm. it to end or come to yeah I, yeah i think at the end of the day it's just for her to either end the conservatorship period and just not have it or for her father to kind of step out and kind of have someone else who's more Suitable to kind of handle it, handle it, and do it at, in a more fair way, you know. Because I feel like if her lawyer were to have control over it, I feel like he'd do it in a more proper and professional manner. So that's where I hope. I just hope that either a it gets nullified completely, or b, which is the likely scenario, is that there's another um, power of power of attorney. Yeah. You know. So you know. But, uh, but we'll, you know, we'll wait and see. You know, the hearings this Wednesday the 29th. We'll briefly recap it at the beginning of next week's episode. Um, hopefully, it's good news. Hopefully, there's no kind of stalling, you know, because that's the thing. Recently, it's kind of just like you you think something's good going to happen in one of these hearings, and then it's like, oh, now we got to wait again and again and yep. again. So, so let's just hope and pray, cross our fingers, dot our eyes that we get some good news. But. That's going to do it for this edition of Pop Culture T. We thank you again for tuning in. You know, me and Emily are having a lot of fun with this. We hope you guys are enjoying listening to it as much as we enjoy talking about it and delivering the content to you. If you want to stay up to date with us, you can on Instagram, uh thepopculture underscore t. And you can give us an email at thepopculturetea at gmail.com. But that's gonna do it for us. We'll be back next week, same time Monday at noon. That's all for this week's edition of Pop Culture Tea. Be sure to stay on the lookout for more tea to be spilled on your favorite podcasting platform.